Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Jennifer Hooper from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thank you for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we will be discussing PIC3CA testing with Dr. Katherine Geiersbach. Thank you for being here today. But before we get into the test, could you provide a little background about yourself, please? I'm a consultant in the Division of Laboratory Genetics and Genomics, and I specialize in solid tumor genetics. So I review molecular genetic and cytogenetic testing on tumors, and I have a special interest in the genetics of breast cancer and melanoma. Great. Thank you so much for that background. You'll be the perfect person to give us a brief overview of the new PIC3CA assay that Mayo Clinic Laboratories has to offer. The Chiagen Therascreen PIC3CA PCR test is an FDA-approved companion diagnostic single gene test for the detection of mutations in PIC3CA using genomic DNA extracted from formalin-fixed paraffin-embedded breast tumor tissue or circulating tumor DNA isolated from plasma taken from patients with breast cancer. What this is, the, the Chiagen test has been validated in our laboratory using automated DNA extraction. So then it's runoff label as a PCR-based assay. So it employs real-time PCR and allele-specific PCR amplification uh, to detect specifically 10 mutations in PIC3CA. And so PIC3CA, just as background, this is a gene, it's, it's the catalytic subunit of PI3 kinase, and it's mutated in about 40% of breast cancers. Okay, so with it being mutated in 40% of breast cancers, it's definitely something that's going to be utilized in the clinical scenario. You mentioned two different test codes, or at least two different tests, one for tissue and then one for circulating tumor cells in the blood. Can you speak to why we have both and when each or the other would be ordered? Okay, so we have two test codes. So PIC3B is the one that's performed on plasma. And it can detect PIC3CA mutations in circulating tumor DNA down to about 3% mutant allele frequency based on previous studies that were performed by the manufacturer. So the test requires two 10 milliliter streck cell-free DNA blood collection tubes. So these are special blood collection tubes that are near, needed for the circulating DNA test. Whereas the PIC3T test code is for formalin-fixed paraffin-embedded tissue samples. And in this tissue sample type, basically pathologists will review the submitted tissue sample and mark up an area of a minimum of 20% tumor purity for proper detection, sensitive detection in that tumor sample for the PIC3CA mutation. The important thing is that because a fraction of circulating tumor DNA may be low in plasma, it's possible to get a false negative result. Tumor tissue is actually the preferred specimen source for most oncologists, and that can even be a pretreatment biopsy, like the diagnostic biopsy, the initial biopsy, because the rate of heterogeneity is thought to be pretty low. And additionally, you know, reaching out to our Mayo oncology team, I learned that they like to perform this testing up front in all patients who are potentially eligible for the therapy, which I think we'll get into. I think you had a question about that. 
Yeah, you hit it right on the mark. I wanted to discuss a little more in depth about which patients should have this testing. I think you just alluded to that. Right. The PIK3CA mutation test is used to determine eligibility for PICRE or Elpelacid, which is the generic name, in a subset of patients with breast cancer. This subset is basically either uh, postmenopausal women or men who have estrogen receptor positive, HER2 negative, or HER2 low, now with new, new data coming out, breast cancer, the tumor must have already progressed on an endocrine-based therapy regimen. So you're speaking to the fact that is, this is more of a second-line treatment after failure on first-line of hormone receptor treatment, correct? The therapy is only used after patients have already progressed on um, endocrine therapy. That sort of standard therapy for patients who have hormone receptor positive breast cancer, and after they've progressed, then um, this additional testing can determine if they're eligible then for the combination therapy. So then they would be treated with a combination of fulvastrant, which is a form of endocrine therapy, plus picre or elpelacid. That makes a lot of sense to put it together of how these particular results are used in patient care. Is there anything else you would like to add about the PIK3CA test? I think we're beginning to learn not only the mutations and the eligibility and the, the sensitivity, but also that resistance to targeted therapy is possible as well. And this is often in the form of either mutations in the ESR1 gene, mm -hmm. uh, which encodes the alpha subunit of estrogen receptor or in P10 mutations actually. So the PI3 kinase pathway, so when we target that pathway, secondary resistance can occur very commonly through uh, loss of function mutations in the P10 gene. It's also very helpful, I think, to know uh, more about the genomics of the breast cancer that we're treating because patients with either ESR1 mutations or P10 mutations tend not to respond well to this combination of elpelacid and fulvastrant, and they don't achieve the benefit that other patients may. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to highlight, that the molecular signature of these tumors is really important to know so that it can really guide proper therapy and keep the patient at the center of the care continuum. Yes, that's right. And although it is a targeted therapy, it also does come with some toxicity, so it's important to have accurate and sensitive test to determine not only those who would actually benefit from the therapy, because the, the benefit is about six months additional progression-free survival in clinical trials that were originally published in 2019. There are patients who, when they do take Elpelacid, they have uh, severe hypersensitivity reactions, or you know they have other toxicities. And so a false positive could be uh, equally harmful for patients. So it's important to have accurate testing. And, and we believe that the preferred specimen is, is tissue, but it's very nice to have liquid biopsy as an option now, and also potentially be able to detect heterogeneous mutations that may not be in the primary tumor specimen, even though we believe these are fair, that's fairly low. So essentially we like the tissue as the primary source to test the tissue and um, to have sensitive and accurate detection of the mutation to both select the patients who are mutation positive, who benefit from therapy, but also to accurately detect the negative patients who wouldn't benefit and might even have toxicity from the therapy. 
there's a lot of places that both assays can be used, right? Whether um, we're talking about circulating tumor cell DNA or in the tissue either way. So I think this is just really important testing to be able to offer for our clients at Mayo Clinic Labs. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your expertise with us. To learn more about the PIC3CA testing through Mayo Clinic Laboratories and how to order for your institution, please visit mayocliniclabs.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday. <laughs>